You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to uh, Sharing Socks, the Eloy is here edition. I am uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. Uh, together, of course, last week, we very cleverly got into the retirement of um, the Erminator, you mean Mercedes, uh, who is now doing very well, uh, <laughs> hitting the ball very hard and, and apparently happy. So, uh, we're glad he. I, I'm retired. I enjoyed my retirement, and I'm glad he enjoyed his. <laughs> you know, to be, fair, to be fair, you did retire actually a little earlier, and then you came back into work pretty quick too. Your mean three style. times. I retired three times. Yeah, and you you had a you had a lovely comeback each time. So I get why he did what he did. It makes sense to me. Um. Meanwhile, the man whose picture is behind Will, uh, for those of you not using video, um, came out of forced retirement of, of a sort. Uh, Aloy Menes making a big splash with a huge three-run homer on Tuesday night to beat the Royals. And he and Mike Matheny beat the Royals. I, I still like, That may be the worst managed game I've, I've ever seen in the major leagues. Matheny made so many incredibly stupid moves, including walking Jose Abreu to get to Aloy, uh, <laughs> 469-foot blast. But he had others failing to challenge uh, one he would have easily won that could have set up a big game. And, anyhow, there were so many. There's, we don't need to spend time on that game. It was nice we won a game. That, that's good. I, I think that was Jose's last free pass ahead of Aloy for the rest <laughs> of the year. Probably true. 
I was more amazed with the Lloyd. We know he can hit a baseball a very long way. But his defense, I don't think it was just happenstance. I think he really has improved. The, he had a routine, not quite routine, but a fairly easy ball to his right. But he had to run a distance, and he did not do what he has always done, which is take a couple steps the wrong way and then head there. He went directly to the ball. No, seriously, he went directly to the ball. Um, he had to make a throw home, which was kind of a no-pressure situation because the runner was about two steps past third, and he was <laughs> almost on the infield dirt when he threw it. But still, he had to do it. A uh, little offline, but good enough to make the play. And then he had that nice uh, catch right off the grass. Um coming into his left. So going both directions, he was good. He looked faster. I, I, I had read that he's heavier and stronger, but he looks looks thinner. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. I'm, I'm I, I just think he looks swelt. Yeah, he's, he you looks like he's he in, in great shape. Yeah, he looks great. Of course, anybody looks better at defense when uh, Andrew Vaughn is your right fielder and Brian Goodwin's your center fielder. Uh, that is, you know, on paper just a devastatingly terrible defensive outfield. Um, and it was how, other than a law in reality. Yeah. So it, it was nice to uh, come out of that game, actually pleased with the play of uh, one of those outfielders. Andrew Vaughn, who I'm not hating on because he's done a really nice no. job in, in left he's field. Never played it. Uh, he should not be in right field. Come on, guys. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's, that was an experiment. We need to be done with it. Uh, he's not a, he can't be a right fielder. He doesn't have the arm. He's never played it. We can't be making the guy learn another position in the outfield at this point of the season. He might be able to do it. He, he sure made us all, you know, proud of what he did learning to play left field. Uh, but yeah, I just don't see Vaughn as a big league outfielder at, <laughs> coming in or around August. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you, Aloy. Definitely. And of course, Aloy has a lot to prove out there. You know, he is, he's not, he's not playing for playing time right now. He's not trying to impress us to get playing time. The guy's going to play. He's going to DH any game that he's not playing left field. Uh, But he is, he's playing to earn his spot on the grass. And, you know, last night was a good sign that Aloy is not necessarily a liability in left field. Do I still think he's going to be good? Not necessarily. However, no, no, I think I think that was a nice night that may not be repeated, yeah. but he, he didn't and, hurt himself. He didn't hurt anybody else. It's left field. It's left field. So, you know, we're, we're not asking him to play center. We're not asking him to play right. If he can just be fine, that's that's all right. That is all right. We will take fine because his bat is so far beyond fine that I am absolutely okay with having him just be fine in left field. What we don't want him to be is a liability. And after last night, you know, it could be a fluke, but I've got faith in the guy. To quote Eloy, hi, mom, I'm back. And he certainly seemed like he was back. I cannot tell you how good it felt to see him <laughs> crank that ball. I don't know if you uh, – did you listen to the Royals broadcast at all of that moment? No. Benetti's call of it and Stone's call of it, of course, was great. Uh, the Royals broadcast, you, the guys were talking, and they he, they throw a pitch to Aloy, and uh, the Royals broadcaster goes, first pitch strikes are good, but you don't want to put it right there. And then he 
he as the pitcher's lining up, he goes, let's just hope he doesn't throw another ball. Oh, he did. <laughs> and then a hanging ball, slider. Yeah. The ball was just absolutely crushed. And, uh, man, great to see that. Great to see that from Aloy. You know, I had no doubt his bat was going to come back firing like that. But, wow, he really uh, – he really gave us something to, to be happy he, he about. He also brings, although the, the, the Sox have been, not been uh, in great need of it, have been short of it, he brings joy to the game. Huge joy. Uh, it's just wonderful to watch him, watch his effect on the people around him. Billy Hamilton does the same thing, but Billy Hamilton can't hit the ball 469 feet. So now we got two guys that ideally, if uh, and it was true last night late in the game, uh, I guess it was angle and center and defensively, but if you had Aloy and left and Billy Hamilton in center for defensive purposes late, that's, that's like the happiest outfield in the history of the world. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah, it, I mean, just so, so great to have him back. Also, seeing Luis head to Charlotte, pretty great news. Uh, I cannot believe that Luis is already going to AAA. He, that means he is going to be back very soon. Uh, you know, Two, three weeks. Within 20 days. So we're going to have Luis back in August without a doubt. And that outfield of, of the lawyer potentially in left, the lawyer Vaughn, Luis in, in center, and Adam Engel in right uh, with potentially some Billy Hamilton here or there. That is not something to be disappointed in. This is what we have been waiting for. This is why I have said let's not make any crazy transactions we could regret because getting these guys back makes us a different team, both in terms of the spirit of the team, the morale of the team. Not that we ever had bad morale because our team is full of good leaders. Uh, But my goodness, what a difference it makes. To put, I mean, we saw it immediately. Putting Aloy behind Jose takes all of the pressure off of Jose. I think we are going to see Jose tick up 20 points in batting average now. Because Jose is going to go up and he's going to be thinking, my job's to get on base so that Aloy can hit the ball 460 feet. And that's how we're going to play baseball. And that is what we need from him. Get Moncada up there healthy and swinging. This lineup is fierce. Um, one thing I want to talk about, which was kind of interesting, was uh, Danny Mendick uh, catching uh, pregame the other day, uh, yesterday, <laughs> I guess, or two days ago. Uh, Danny Mendick is apparently the emergency catcher, and uh, according to the Sox coaching staff, he was doing pretty well back there, which already puts him as a better catcher than Collins and as good as Zavala. Uh, so I don't know what all that's about. I, I, I don't know if that means they're going to try to move one of the other two guys or what's going to happen. It seems goofy that Danny Mendick could ever be a catcher in the big leagues. However, well, at I this think point, you always I, have an emergency catcher so that you can pinch hit for your, yeah. for your catcher as happened last night. And then if the other guy gets hurt, uh, you know, you got that, I think, uh, Yolmer was the emergency catcher for all the time he was on the team. Well, that makes sense because he's the best player we've ever had. He can play in a position. <laughs> and uh, all he does. Also, to your credit, 
you when you to actually against your credit when you said that Billy Hamilton can't hit the ball as far as Aloy, you have to remember Billy Hamilton has more home runs than Aloy this season. So <laughs> that's uh, true. You, you gotta yeah. you need to look at stats. Baseball's against yeah, stats. Twice so as much. Look at the stats. I mean, he has got one hundred percent more home runs than Aloy Jimenez. That is a huge number for all my stat nerds out there. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen with that. Uh, but wow, we're gonna get Luis back probably within two weeks. This team is gonna look a lot more like how we thought it was gonna look, and I am so excited. The big problem for me is catcher. Catcher yeah, is looking yeah. really the, the bad. The question is, does does Yasmani come back healthy enough to catch? Because with the knee surgery like that, you know, they say, oh, he's doing well and he's running well. You know, every athlete says, I'm really doing well and I'm coming along. That's that's what they do. And catchers especially, you're the toughest of them all. Uh, so, and a grain or two of salt with, uh, with all of that for sure. Uh, really, of course, the regular season just doesn't matter. I, I, I don't. I guess they need something to talk about. But Jason Stoney are going. Well, Cleveland's nine and a half games back now. So what? <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter. It can win this game. The Sox go five hundred. The rest of the regular season win the game by the division by ten games. This this division is hard, and for Cleveland, uh, you know, got to feel sorry for the Guardians. Uh, they're all dependent on, totally dependent on pitching, and they're, all of their pitchers, I guess they got Zach Plesek back. Otherwise, the whole starting rotation's out. Uh, they're, 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 they're no challenge. And another thing Stoney's brought up, and I, I had thought before he mentioned it, and I agreed with when he said it, but it turns out we both wrong, is the tremendous importance, very important, the niceness of being the number one overall record, which is the real thing that Jason and Stoney should be talking about. It should be comparing us to Houston and either Tampa Bay or Boston or whoever's on top at the time, not to the rest of the AAA Central. But um, they were saying, well, the wild card, since it's been five teams, so two wild cards, is such a disadvantage because you use up your number one pitcher for the wild card game, and then the team you have to play has a number one record. They got the number one, one against your number two, which would be your number two against the number three, and they never break it. Actually, the wild card team has their one against you. Anyhow, this happens. But I, I just looked it up. In the two wild card era, which is eight years, I'm not, not going to count last year, which was just a joke, uh, which was eight years, three times the wild card team has gone on to win their first round, the, the division series. And then the National League, four times. So 50-50 winning it. And, of course, uh, San Francisco won the World Series coming out of the wild card. So it's not as big a deal as it seems. You're going to think about it and go, boy, that's a big deal. Apparently, in reality, on the field, it's, it's not that big a deal. Nice. Much, much better than not having that, but not huge. Well, and, and you and I have been, we've been preaching this all season. There's so much negativity, especially on Twitter surrounding this team. And you and I have been absolutely correct. And we, we don't have to worry about making the playoffs. We just don't. Our division is so unbelievably pathetic that when we go on a five-game losing streak, you know, if it happens – everyone else is probably going to be on a four-game losing streak. So we could lose five games in a row and only lose one game in the, the standing. 
the AAA Central, I think, is a, is a great way to phrase it. Now, we did just play a very poor week of baseball. We did not play well against Milwaukee for the most part, with the exception of Lance Lynn single-handedly getting the job done. Uh, and then losing that first game to the Royals was pretty pathetic as well. Uh, but that being said, we, we're, we're up. What, what are we up today, nine and a half or ten? We're, Maybe it's 10 Cleveland lost. I don't, even, I don't even keep track of how far up we are anymore because that's just not the concern. And that's what you and I have been saying all year is that we just had to stay afloat until we got these guys back and look where we are. We're getting them back. We're more than afloat. We're up 10 games, essentially. And we're looking at a second half where we're going to add multiple all-stars, gold gloves, silver sluggers, uh, potential future MDPs. It, it's just Die crazy. Young. Our our deadline, our trade deadline, and we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about this in the second half. But you know, our trade deadline is a lot more about getting these guys back in time than it was about going out and getting another star. Do we need to make some moves? Absolutely. I really do think we need to make some moves. Uh, but we will talk about that. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and let's talk about pitching, um, not only starting pitching uh, and how they have been used so much, but also let's talk about the bullpen woes and what we could potentially do to fix that. So we will be right back uh, in just a second here on Sharing Sounds. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked about uh, the sort of uh, fire that has been lit under the butts of the offense with Aloy coming back. But let's talk about uh, pitching, and let's start with starting pitching and, and the use of these pitchers. I know that you you have a lot of feelings about this. Yeah, I, well, I, I wandered into a statistic kind of accidentally. I was looking at other things and having to scroll over far enough on the advanced pitching stats or something uh, to get to use of starting pitchers and how many pitches they have thrown. Uh, and the White Sox have 33 games now where our starting pitchers have gone at least 100. And I, I looked at Dylan C specifically yesterday because he only had a couple of those. I thought, well, that's good. Uh, but he said two 99s and a 98. So it's, it's not far off the mark. The next is the Reds at 26 of the competitive teams. The next is the A's at 24. These people, yeah, part of it is our starting pitchers are very good, so they're not getting knocked out in the third inning. Or very rarely does that happen. Uh, but 
it's also the question. I mean, Stoney would say with much more expertise than I was saying, you got to really watch your use of your pitchers this year. They didn't have normal full seasons last year. Rodon hasn't had a normal full season for three years. I've been 40 innings each of the last two, two seasons, just barely pitched at all. Cease has never gotten up into big numbers ever. 120 maybe is the most ever. He's going to pass that in the next week or two with, with the way the use is going. And uh, yeah, uh, the others have, have had more innings at one time or another, but Keiko last year wore out in September in a two month season. And he looks kind of like he's wearing out right now. Uh, these guys need some kind of break out there. And yes, it could be that Larusa is brilliant. Yeah, he's the Hall of Famer, and he, he just thinks what you do. The more you use them, the stronger they're going to be come October. No other manager believes that, and uh, I don't think I believe it either. Now, yeah, we still got two months. The fact science, that is, also, science also has an issue with, uh, yeah. with that concept. Uh, so the, so I think there's a real question on, on the use of the starting pitches. Now, it's it's only late July he could very well be planning to stagger them some. We don't we don't have much of a sixth starter uh, to give him a break. Because Kopech is so great in the bullpen, he just needs to be there. Uh, so, but still, you know, have them. It doesn't matter that we have terrible bullpen except for Kopech and and Hendricks. Uh, have your starter go five innings instead of six or seven, so that so that you're not putting all that much pressure on us. And, and yes, you know, the guys that come in, uh, Hoyer and Bummer and uh, who knows, Ruiz, they're not good. Uh, they've been good, but they're not good now. Uh, and that's too bad. But if we lose a game because of that, it doesn't matter. It just yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, Every decision that this team should be making should be about October. It it just with the division that we're in, it makes no sense to run these pitchers into the ground like this. I would actually say moving forward, any game where you have a lead of three runs or more after five, the starting pitcher's gone regardless of how they're pitching. I unless I it's a no hitter. And unless it's a no hitter. And you know, even then if the pitch count is if it's a no hitter in the fifth and their pitch counts up around seventy, eighty pitches you still pull him because you're not going to get to the end of the ninth inning without throwing 150 pitches. And these White Sox pitchers throw a lot of pitches. So I, I definitely think that, you know, three runs or more after five, the starter is just gone no matter what. And if the bullpen loses that game, they lose that game. You know, that's something that we'll deal with. Uh, I personally think that we should be very bullpen focused at this trade deadline. If we're going to give up any uh, prospects or, or any of our guys, I want it to be for a, a solid bullpen arm. And I'm not talking a, a famous arm. I'm not, we, we have the closer. I don't think we need to go out and try to get Craig Kimbrell. What we Although, need- can, you, can you picture a team having to face the eagle of Craig Kimbrell followed by the Aussie hyper of Leo Oh, my Andrews. gosh. It would be terrible. Your head would be exploding every time he came back. Yeah, I mean, to to face Kimbrel in the eighth and Hendricks in the ninth would 
I, I don't know of a better. Just to face it, forget the ball coming at you, just facing them yeah. on the mound. <laughs> just even having to look at those two guys and just knowing that they're perfectly fine with exploding your body with a fastball uh, would be very nerve-wracking. But I, I really think we need to be looking at middle relief, just guys who don't cost an arm and a leg, but can get can go out there with an ERA between three and four, that's all we need. We have a great closer. Kopech has been putting up video game numbers, which, by the way, I play with Kopech very often in my video game of Major League Baseball. And Kopech in real life is actually better than video game Kopech right now. So he's actually putting up better he can't, than video He, he can't pitch numbers. that often either. I mean, you, you can't exactly. pitch Kopech because uh, he really hasn't pitched it at all. Well, I, that's, I, why I, I'm saying, that's why I'm saying we need those middle relief guys. We just need guys. Who, who can get through an inning with one or less runs so that we're not trying to pitch Kopech every day uh, and just getting the ball to to Liam Hendricks with with a lead in the ninth inning. My setup, my setup for October on the trade deadline, and we're, again, this is Wednesday afternoon. We're two days away. By the time we finish talking, everything could change. It's not to go to the Dregs, but to go to the Nationals and give them fairly good prospects or a combination of Josh Harrison and Daniel uh, Hudson. Two for one deal on, on our problems being resolved. If you have, you know, you're going to give up something for that. Yeah. But I, I, I think that would, that would be the ideal situation to have. Washington hems and haws about whether they're selling. They have no chance. They're um, selling. They're selling. Yeah. yeah. So, but you hem and haw in order to get a better deal. That, that's, natural uh, kind of thing to do. I, I, I would love to see that. And you probably, I found this out, you probably at one time or another were in a hallway with Josh Harrison. How so? He is your age, same age, exactly 34. And he went to Princeton High, which is, we're talking the Princeton High that is in the suburbs of Cincinnati and which is a major, major speech and debate school. So was Will's high school. So every year, Will was down at Princeton at least once, sometimes two or three times if they were doing regionals and state or whatever down there. Chances are you passed him in the hallway. You know, I was walking through the halls of, of Princeton, and at one point, a guy threw a paper wad at me at about 97 miles an hour, hit me straight in the face, and then I looked over and he goes, I'm going to be a pro ball player one day. So maybe that was him. Maybe that, that was him. Be. I don't know. Let's see who else it could be. And then the back, his shirt said, I'm Josh Harrison. Uh, <laughs> but that was probably a different guy. Um, I think that that's a, a great idea to try to get that deal. And this is another thing that's really great about what the Sox could do in the next 48 hours. And why I'm actually not worried about them doing it as we speak on this podcast, is when you have a 10-game lead, you can wait. You can wait. You do not have to be the people who are, are you know, nipping at the bud to, to try to get these guys and spending big on them. These teams want to unload people as much as you want to get them. So when you have a 10-game lead, you can wait until those packages go down. I think what the package you're proposing I don't think we have to give up anyone too great for that package. I think you're going to give up some guys. You're going to give up some young prospects. 
but I definitely don't think you're losing Vaughn or Sheets. Uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, a core we need to protect. Could Berger go in a transition like that? Yeah, that, that can happen. And we've got guys that play Adolfo. his Adolfo. ability. Adolfo's perfect trade bait, to be honest. I think Adolfo's a, a great trade chip. Uh, so I, I think that would be a, a great move. And, you know, if they throw Max Scherzer into the package for, you know, <laughs> Well, I, think they, I think if they throw Max Scherzer into the package that we no longer have either Sheets or Berger or possibly Vaughn. <laughs> or possibly Moncada, uh, Abreu, Jimenez, Luis Robert. Well, you know, there's some others out there. Ian Kennedy, of course, is, is not, as far as I know, gone gone off the board yet. Uh, Texas is pretty desperate. And one I had never thought of, so I looked at some of this, is Jimmy Garcia of Miami. Uh, not sure what Miami needs or wants, uh, but that's certainly another possibility. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of relievers out there. We could we could mutter forever about them. We could also yeah. get half a dozen of them that, that would be good choices. Uh, but yeah, relievers number one. If a second baseman came along, that's why I really like the Harrison thing. You get your second baseman and a pretty good reliever. Uh, yes, they're rentals, so you know you don't give up uh, Andrew Vaughn, uh, but you give up something. You you don't. Hold out and say, oh, no, no, you can only have this guy who's down in single A, you know. Hey, and of of all the uh, – I, I think of all the things we've been wrong about, uh, calling Lance Lynn one and done was, I guess, the thing we were most wrong about because we we had strong doubts that he was not going to come back after yeah. this year. And yeah, I he, figured if he has a great year, then the money from the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers will come running uh, – that was, yeah, Rick Hahn, for all, he, you know, he has weaknesses sometimes in trades, uh, not necessarily brilliant on free agents, does some well, that, you know, blows some, it happens. Drafting, eh, fairly good on first round after that, and man, man, where. Yeah. But he's really, really good at, and so was Kenny before him, is getting extensions that are very team friendly. Think of Chris Sale. Uh, but it, it goes on. They're, they're in oh, Jose. Think, think of all these guys. Jimenez, Robert, uh, Chris Sale being a great example. We're hoping it happens with Giolito. It's amazing. And I think a lot of it, not only is it Han, but I think a lot of it is the atmosphere of playing for the White Sox. It's, it, they have like a, a it's, it's almost a small market vibe, but you're in a big market. Uh, and especially now, I think this team is just so exciting. I think players all around the country see these guys and how much fun they're having and think this is an environment for me. Because obviously, guaranteed rate is not, you know, it's not the park you dream about playing in when you grow up as a little kid. You probably dream more about playing in Wrigley. But there is something special about this White Sox team, uh, especially right now where there is a, a fierce, despite how we're in first place by 10 games, a fierce underdog attitude that these guys play with uh, because they don't get the respect that a lot of the other great teams get. And you're starting to see, at least in Los Angeles, uh, you're starting to see White Sox hats pop up all over the place again. So the team is gaining national recognition. Every single game looks like it is the time of their lives. Like I, I've never seen a team look like they have this much fun playing baseball as as this current White Sox team, and that only gets 
you know, you bring Aloy back, it only gets better. You bring Luis back, it only gets better. So, you know, I, I think we're going to be able to, to make some deals. I don't think we're going to have to give up that much. And I think we could, could possibly extend anybody who comes and does a great job for us because I do think players want to come to the south side right now. And Lance Lynn sort of confirmed my theory on that because Lance Lynn could have gone to L.A., could have gone to New York, could have gone to Boston in the offseason. Could have made a lot more money. Could have made a lot more money. Now, we didn't give him a bogus contract. He got two years, $38 million. So that is more than we usually give people. However, he could have been throwing for $30 million, you know. Uh, and he could in, have been at New least three years. Absolutely. Yeah, he could have been looking at a three-year, you know, $80 million, $90 million type of thing. Uh, and instead, he's he's with us. And, and I'm excited. He uh, Of all the people who just really – not that I thought Lance Lynn wasn't going to be good. We both thought he was going to be good. Uh, but in terms of just coming out and seeming like a totally new pitcher and a new level of good, uh, you know, Lance Lynn probably gets the ball in game one uh, of of the World Series if it were to happen right now. And that is something, you know, we we did not necessarily see coming. At the beginning of the year, I remember being on this podcast and saying, you know, if Lance Lynn's ERA is – under four, he's done what we needed him to do, and he's well under two still <laughs> at this point. So do I think that will hold? I don't know. Uh, the the thing we talked about earlier of overworking these pitchers certainly could be a problem. However, Lance Lynn seems like he was just born to throw 115 pitches every week. Uh, I think the guy would go all nine every week if you asked him to. So um, we've had great things happen with him. I think we really just need to go out and, and get some, some middle relief at, a, at an okay price just to keep these pitchers healthy. Because if we can keep the four starters healthy, sorry, Dylan, I'm not including you in this because we don't really need you to be a starter in the playoffs. But if we can keep the four starters healthy and keep them rested, this is absolutely a World Series team. If we can't do that, it is not because our bullpen is so bad that even bringing in one good piece, two good pieces, it's still a concern. That's how bad our bullpen has been. And shockingly so. I say this every week, but, you know, early on, the number one thing that we were not concerned about was the bullpen at the beginning of the season. We thought, well, the bullpen is what's going to get us to the playoffs. It's been a total opposite experience. It's been the starters and the offense. And, you know, the offense is only going to get better. So it's crucial. Yeah, I mean, the, off- the offense has, has done a lot of sagging. I mean, it, it, well, the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Until, until the eighth inning on, on Tuesday night, the offense was pretty much not there. Lance Lynn was the best offensive player we had. That's not a good – it's nice, but it's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That he will pitch against a National League team maybe one more time this year. Uh, if that, yeah, that's just if it works out that way, you know. Um, I definitely think that that the offense is going to come bouncing back, and it's just crucial we get that bullpen because, man, it is. It's just when the starter starts to get to that hundred pitch mark, and you know those relievers are coming in, your stomach just kind of drops right now, just praying you can get to Hendricks with the exception of Kopech, of course, who is 
sort of this unicorn in terms of how he can be used right now. He can, you know, he could start a game in the playoffs if you needed him to, but he could also pitch five innings of relief if someone got hurt uh, later in the year. So we just got to keep these guys healthy. All right. I think that's about all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts? Just, just waiting for the trade deadline. Waiting for the trade deadline. White Sox fans, buckle up. It's going to be a, a bumpy 48 hours. We'll see how it goes. I've been refreshing our, our you know, trade sources uh, throughout this and nothing's happened. Um, I think prepare yourself for a great experience at the deadline and also prepare yourself for absolutely nothing to happen because it could honestly go either way. I'm fine with it going either way, but we need relief pitching. Uh, and we will leave you with that. Thank you so much. We will see you next week on Sharing Socks.